Hey everyone, welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. I am Jeremiah Johnson alongside Rick Maynard. Today we have a very special verse-by-verse edition once again. This is a weekly episode where we just go verse-by-verse through the Bible. Before we dive into that, I have to pause. For some of you are very confused right now. You're like, what is happening to the Grace Point Daily Podcast? The last podcast was Power Ranger talk, and please don't unsubscribe yet. I just thought it was really cute, my boys wanting to do a Power Ranger podcast. Rick, you had a chance to listen to that. Was that awesome or what? <laughs> that was awesome. We just sat and <laughs> laughed at it. So that's just a little special episode. I'm going to pull it down so no one gets confused and, and get offended or anything like that. It was just cute little boys talking about Power Rangers. Anyway, so here we go. We're going to get serious again. We're going to get spiritual again. This this uh, podcast, just all about giving you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. So, Rick, let's dive into it verse by verse. Okay. Well, I didn't know it was going to be serious. I'll have to uh, look <laughs> yeah. up something else here. And, uh, anyway. Uh, last time we were here, I uh, missed uh, last week, so for those that were maybe looking for this, uh, we missed one episode last week. Uh, I was in Vegas gambling my life away, <laughs> so, but, uh, but I paid tithes on the winnings, yeah, so I think that makes it okay. Maybe but, I'll get a bonus this year, yeah. you know? Get that Tesla that I talked about for Pastor's Appreciation right, in the last right. Sunday sermon. Yeah. Well, <laughs> with, with what I won, you could get nothing because I didn't play, so... It won't technically be my car. It'll be a ministry car. Well, yeah. yeah. yeah that <laughs> makes it okay. That's okay. And it's okay to win gambling as long as you pay your tithes. So anyway, okay. We'll get serious here. But uh, last time we were here, uh, we, we were in we we're in Second Samuel. Uh, I read 23.17, and I'll just read that to kind of pick up where we were. We won't really comment on it because we did that on the last podcast. But uh, this is the uh, the incident where David wanted a drink and... Uh, some of his mighty warriors that uh, he talks about in these next verses uh, went across enemy lines to get him a drink, and and David's response was not great about that because uh, that's not really what he wanted. He was just uh, uh, reminiscing about how good that water would be. So anyway, in uh, 17 it says, Far be it for me, O Lord, to do this, he said. Is it not the blood of men who went at the risk of their lives, and David would not drink it? Such were the exploits of the three mighty men. So uh, David made a decision to not drink that water. We talked about pouring it out and kind of the relationship with uh, Feast of Tabernacles. So uh, that just, in a nutshell, brings it up to where we finished off last time. And so it kind of takes a little bit of a turn. It's talking about some of the other men uh, talked about that episode with the water and, and those guys, and then it names a couple of them uh, in these other verses. Now, it goes on and names 30 different uh, mighty warriors uh, with David. We're not going to talk about every one of them today, so we'll kind of skip over a few verses as we get to the end of the chapter. But So 23.18 says, Abishai, the brother of Joab, son of Zariah, was chief of the three, he raised his spear against 300 men whom he killed, and so he became as famous as the three. So there's a little bit of confusion. If, if you read through these verses, uh, one time it says they're part of the three, and then it says uh, they weren't the best of the three, or they didn't. So there's a little bit of confusion as you read through, but uh, it doesn't really matter because all of these are included in uh, the list of David's mighty men. So uh, this was uh, another group of three. We've already talked about three. Uh, Josephus, and if you, uh, you know, those of my Sunday school class are familiar with Josephus, but uh, probably one of, considered one of the greatest historical uh, figures for uh, the Bible history. And And that's the Josephus? Yes. 
yes. David's referring to the no, scene. No, no. Josephus okay. was just okay. He is got the, it, got he's it. the historian. Right, right, uh, right. Reports okay. on a lot of these things. So uh, you can't. I mean, obviously, scripture is always the um, you know the ideal uh, quotation. It's always the ideal uh, information. But Josephus, as a historic a historian, uh, has some different things on some of these. He says. Uh, that it was 600 men instead of the 300. So it just comes through some of the studies of, of documents and things that he does. So it doesn't matter whether it's 300 or 600. It's quite a feat uh, for one man to kill that many people. So it uh, just says that he was famous. He was a famous a, uh, of one of the three. So anyway, uh, 2319 uh, was he not held in greater honor than the three? He became their commander, even though he was not included among them. So, you know, it talks about the three, and then it says he wasn't part of the three. So the, it, it, there's explanations if you want to dive into every little detail. But, uh, but he was one, uh, when, uh, when some of the men went to, Dave, or to Saul's camp uh, and took away his spear just to make a point that they could, uh, they didn't kill anybody, they just snuck in and snuck out. Uh, this he was one of those uh, three. Uh, he relieved, uh, relieved David when he was in danger from Ishbenob the giant. Uh, Ishbenob is a brother of Goliath. Uh, there are several brothers of Goliath that were mentioned. Uh, he's the one that beat the Edomites and slew eighteen thousand in the Valley of Salt. So uh, those are just some of the things not even mentioned here, but just again in the history of uh, the word and what he did. Those are some of his other. Uh, accomplishments. So sounds like he didn't really do as much as the other three, but I can't imagine accomplishing all those things and then saying, well, yeah, I did all that, <laughs> but, you know, not quite as good as the other guys. Uh, so verse uh, 20 goes on, talks about Benanei, son of Jehoiada, was a valiant fighter from Kabzeel who performed great exploits. He struck down Two of Moabite's best men. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day, killed a lion. So kind of an odd verse, you know, that, I mean, just mentioned out of the blue about going in on a snowy day. I mean, that it mentions the weather and, you know, all of that. Uh, it doesn't go into a lot of detail about it, but, you know, uh, snowy weather has to be a time for uh, the lion to be more fierce. And maybe that's the reason it's mentioned that, you know, he didn't just sneak up behind a lion that was taking a nap, you know. Uh, Why he got in that pit, whatever circumstances brought him there. Uh, The King James says that it was two lion-like men. So whether it was an actual lion, whether it was two men, the two men that he killed, uh, I think it's a combination of both. I think he, uh, these great men uh, that were, lion-like you'd talk about courageous and fierce and that he was able to kill them uh and then also the lion on top of that but um and then there's you know again if you study a lot of this benaniah was a cohen priest and so generally he would not have been um it would have disqualified him for battle being a priest because you can't come in contact with the dead hmm. but uh in that culture uh, it's, there was a thing called the Milkamet Mitzvah, which is an obligatory battle. Uh, in other words, everyone participated. So the priest would be uh, removed from that uh, issue of not being able to come in contact with the dead uh, because it was an obligatory battle. So 
I related it to uh, the difference between what we have today as an all-volunteer army. You know, you can just go sign up. There's no draft. or, But, you know, in Vietnam, you got a number. Uh, people were forced into battle. So that would have been an obligatory battle in that case uh, where a priest would have been relieved from the duty. In other words, if he got, uh, some people claimed uh, religious uh, belief is the reason they wouldn't go to Vietnam. And some of that was just probably, you know, they were, some of them were cowards. Maybe some of them did take it to heart. But in the Jewish culture, under a obligatory battle or draft, you would have been relieved to be able to fight. Hmm. So, uh, you know, we don't think of things in that uh, culture because we don't live in that Jewish culture. Yeah. Was David, uh, now David, was he, these mighty men, do you think in a sense he was maybe... He was drawn to mighty these mighty men because he was a great warrior himself and vice versa. Some of their exploits were the result of they were following this great warrior. Oh, I think so. You know, as the leader, I mean, obviously, uh, you do take some credit. I mean, you know, as a pastor, you know, you can't say, well, I made all these people who they are today. But, you know, each pastor that comes along, each teacher that comes along, if you have influence, and I, and I don't think, I think that's even scriptural, that we're going to be rewarded for what we poured into somebody else's life. Mm-hmm. So as David, sure, I think he was probably uh, a mighty warrior himself, and he was the example to these guys, and he knew what was uh, strong and what was just the average soldier. Yeah. You know, he had a lot of men that, that he was uh, commander over those men. So, um it says uh, he struck down a huge Egyptian, although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand. Benaniah went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Uh, if you look at, if you're reading in Samuel, you can look at uh, Chronicles and see some of the same stories with a little bit of information. Some of it's almost exact, but if you look in Chronicles, it actually tells us that. Uh, in First Chronicles eleven twenty eight, that he was five cubits, which is, uh, I have to look this up. I'm not very good with my, uh, you know, math interpretation mm-hmm. of cubits. And, but anyway, he was uh, 90 inches tall or seven and a half feet. Wow. Uh, Goliath was nine feet tall. So uh, if you can imagine, you know, and I think about, uh, I, I love the NBA, yep. you know, and I think about <laughs> those guys that are seven foot tall and, you know, very seldom over that, but there's some seven-footers, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And, you know, you watch it on TV and you don't realize how big those guys are. I'm a big Golden State fan, mm-hmm. and I love watching Steph Curry play. But, you know, he's as tall Little as guy. I am. Right. You know, <laughs> but he's, he's a shrimp out there on that basketball court. So uh, I can't imagine coming up against these guys that are, you know, seven feet tall, nine feet tall, you know, and, and not – um, and David being shorter, yeah. right? And they don't look like uh, they don't look like Kevin Durant, you know. That's just yeah, kind of a bigger. string. I mean, these Shaquille guys. Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, <laughs> it's Shaquille O'Neal, and add another couple of feet onto him if you you know if you think about Goliath. But yeah. Uh, but anyway, so this guy David wasn't the only one that was a giant killer. You know, there were some of these guys that followed along. Um, that when it talks about that weaver's beam, that's exactly what it says about Goliath. So it's a giant sword. I think David probably maybe had a hard time picking up that sword. Hmm. You know, when you think about somebody that size, 
and the equipment that they would carry. Right. And yeah. then you try to pick it up. <laughs> and it says, you know, it's interesting because it says he came against him with a club, uh, the King James. Uh, I'm reading, when I read my scripture, I'm reading out of the NIV, but uh, King James says it was a staff, not even a club. So mm. it was just the small staff. I had to think, you know, and you try to put these things in perspective in what we could understand. And I think about it almost like these ninjas, you know, that fight with something that looks like a broomstick. And, you know, they basically kill you with it. And wow. and how fast he took away, you know, the other guy's sword. I mean, uh, it, wouldn't you like like to see that fight, <laughs> you know? Right. I'd love to have that recorded. They did, a re- they did a reality show not too long ago. Well, it wasn't reality, sorry. But it was a show called uh, Ancient Warriors. Did you ever see this one? I didn't see it that. It was like they did uh, a samurai versus a ninja. Oh, yeah. A ninja versus, like, basically ancient mm-hmm. periods of battle warriors and their equipment that, you know, how it killed mm-hmm. and then who would actually win. It was kind of a cool show. Yeah, that would be interesting, but... But, yeah, I'd love to see the video on some of these things. And, you know, we all like to see the bad guys, you know, get the good guys get revenge against the bad guys. So, uh, anyway, uh, again, in relationship to what David did, uh, this guy's following suit, really, and almost the same thing. But uh, 23-22, such were the exploits of Ben-Ani, son of Jehoiada. He, too, was famous as the three mighty men. So he's right up there in that top six uh, they named six, and then it goes on to name some of the others. But uh, So he killed a lion. Uh, the men from Moab, the, there's one uh, thing that I read that said that could translate to uh, temples, that he destroyed two of the Moab temples. Um, we don't know that for sure. That's just somebody else's take on it. And then Ben and Ai, uh, you know, we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but uh, these Things that are being talked about, you know, we call them the last uh, words of David, even though it's uh, stretched out a little ways. He's not on his deathbed. But when he is on his deathbed, and uh, we talked about this before we ever started this podcast about Shimei, who came against David and was throwing rocks at him, and, you know, and then he came back and repented before David, and David forgave him and said, you know, you won't die for this. And these other guys wanted to kill Shimei for what he was doing to David said he would stand up on the bank and throw rocks at him and throw dust on him as he walked by. And these guys said, let me just go down there and kill him. <laughs> and David said, no, nah, let him go, let him go. Well, uh, then he came back. He apologized to David. David said, you're not going to die for doing this. You know, I forgive you. But then on his deathbed, and I, I you think this is pretty a sad reflection on David, one of his things was, remember Shimei and don't let him you know, go down to his grave, uh, or or take him to his grave, I guess. So it was like, I promised him I wouldn't kill him, but you kill him. Hmm. And after David died, Solomon comes along, and Solomon has Shimei brought in, and this Ben-Ani that we're talking about here must have been like a bodyguard that stood right next to Solomon and said, you know, remember Shimei? I want you to kill him. And so Ben-Ani killed Jimmy I so uh, so he comes back he's one of the few of these because a lot of these are named and then they're not mentioned anymore Uh, but he's one of the few that comes back in the picture you know at a later time yeah so uh, I think it's interesting as you go through the uh, correct me if I'm wrong here that David you know what's interesting of David's story is so much of it revolves around Saul Uh, Saul being 
an individual that wanted to kill David, that was not happy that David was anointed to be the king and really struggled with David becoming famous. So before David was the king, one of the things that bothered Saul uh, very greatly was that David became famous, a, a warrior, a warrior in battle. And he was always concerned about that. And now here comes David establishing his reign and his kingdom and his kingship. And now he has all of these mighty men under him that are becoming famous, but it never seems that he had a problem with that. So was that just lesson learned or what? Yeah, I think, you know, with, with Saul, there was that great, you're right, it was a great jealousy of, you know, uh, Saul has slain his thousands and David has slain his tens of thousands. You know, everybody was praising him and Saul had a real problem with, uh, with jealousy. And David had a, had a great attribute of humility to be able to take that and not come against Saul because of, you know, God's anointed. He wouldn't touch God's anointed. And so he learned that, and I think he expected it of, of other people. And again, I don't think he became jealous. So know. David, obviously, we don't talk, at least I don't, I should say myself, I don't talk about this enough, but David clearly must have had a, a strong ability to mentor and to lead other people for so many other great warriors to come underneath of his leadership. Oh, I think so. I mean, he was the he was the example of of the great warrior, but he always had that humility. You know, he always came back. He always and again, you know, he had mistakes in his life. We all, I mean, we know all those things. But he always seemed to have the ability to come back, and that's I think that's why he was called a man after God's own heart because he always had the ability to come back and repent and to to change his ways and come out on the good side of things because he always kept his heart right. You know, you read through the Psalms, and he's always talking about God's mercy and God's grace and, you know, his failures. And yeah. so I think he, he was a, a great leader in war for these guys, but I think he was a great example of... Because as much as much as he was a great warrior and he did great exploits, he had, he'd seen the story play out before. Maybe in the back of his mind, this is, again, just... You know, we're just thinking is yeah. that maybe in the back of his mind with some of these great mighty men are like, what if they become greater than me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you never know what people, you know, some people get over things and they forget about things. But I've always said, I think God allows us to remember things so that we're a better person uh, because we remember how it felt. You know, he remembered how it felt with with Saul and, and the humility that he had to have, even though he had opportunity to to kill him and really had a right to kill him as far as battle goes. But David didn't just look at it in the natural. He looked at it in the spiritual. Uh, He had every chance and every ability to take Saul out. And Saul was an evil man. You know, he, he deserved to go, but he was still God's, you know, God's man. And so I think, and you know, obviously that's a lesson for us today with politics. You know, we're so, quick to you know to criticize but we don't respect the office you know of a president you know our president doesn't do everything (laughs) right either and you know we all get irritated and stuff but you know that position uh does it deserves respect but right now it gets less respect than it ever has i think yeah you know so uh so anyway yeah i think he was a, a great example to them and probably had fear that things would turn back around the other way but um, twenty-three, twenty-three. He was held in greater honor than any of the thirty. So this is now we're going on to that thirty. Uh, but he was not included among the three. 
and David put him in charge of his bodyguard. So, you know, that bodyguard followed through to Solomon and, and others that uh, uh, became, he, he probably became their bodyguards because most of the, in that culture, most of the leadership uh, went with the leadership. I know today uh, a lot of things are, you kind of clear the board and start over, you know, in leadership. But in those times, a lot of the uh, guys that worked for one guy, when the next guy came along, they took they took them all with them. Yeah. Know? So, um, 2324, among the 30 were Ahas- Ahasahel, the brother of Joab, Elhanan, son of Dodo from Bethlehem. So this is where you start getting into just a list. Uh, and, and that says he was over the 30 or he was prince of the 30. Uh, this is where we're going to kind of skip some verses. Um, I believe every word of, uh, of the Bible is <laughs> true and important. Uh, I think genealogy is probably even more important than this because it gives us, you know, lineage for Christ and, uh, you know, those types of things. And a lot of those names were names that we've heard before. You know, you can uh, dig into all that lineage and make a family tree if you would. Uh, but in this, it's a list of warriors, and they don't all uh, list the things that they did like it did with these last uh, six or whatever the number is that we killed. So, so actually, I wanna, we're going to skip uh, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, uh, all the way up through 38. And the only one I want to mention of those, um, and I just kind of found it ironic, but uh, 23, 39 says, and Uriah the Hittite. And I had to think, what a, an odd thing that his name comes back up again because he's the one that David had killed. So, you know, here he's listed as this mighty warrior. And he was, I mean, we know he was a mighty warrior. Mm-hmm. But here he's listed as that mighty warrior who really fought for David, fought for the people that David was ruling over, uh, all of those things. And I, I thought how odd it is that his name kind of pops back up here. After all the sin of David and Bathsheba and uh, everything about David trying to have him killed in battle and David was trying to cover him tra- his tracks. I mean, one of the, uh, that's one of the big stories if you ever ask somebody about David. And what do, you, what do you know about David in the Bible? Well, number one, people talk about David and Goliath. You know, mm-hmm. because yep. you heard that when you were kids. You know, that story is always an amazing story for little kids yep. to hear about this great battle, you know. But we don't talk about David and Bathsheba as much, but those would probably be the two big things that people would remember. A great victory that he had, and then the greatest fall that he had, and having Uriah killed, but yet Uriah comes back up. It's almost like, it almost seems like a taunting thing to bring his name back up. You know, this is the guy that David killed, but he was listed among 30 of David's mighty mm. fighting men. Yeah. So it's really a sad, it's a sad reflection on what David uh, had done in that time. So, Well, going back real quick before we dive f- further, I was just thinking about the point of how much power there is and the, the ability to know your role and to function in it in the context of God's kingdom work, you know, that all of these mighty men we don't see any disunity in the context of those mighty men that they were able to all be great, Mm -hmm. but be great in their own way 
but yet not bring hindrance to the kingdom. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, I'm a sports guy, you know, we're NBA guys. I think about that right now. We're in the, there was a few NBA trades the last few days and we're, we're in an era where no matter what sport basketball, but it's all about being the man. It's about being, you know, I want my own team. I want to be the superstar. I, you know, and if not, then I'm going to move on and I'm going to forcefully put myself in a situation that will be for my benefit. Right. And these great men, all these great men had the ability to coexist, to fight and to battle uh, and still be successful and not disrupt the kingdom of God or the kingdom that David is, is leading. And I think that's a powerful lesson that we have to over and over and over and over again submit ourselves to in the context of the body of Christ in the church. Right. One of the, I think one of the biggest problems in the church over the years is not having enough people to go around to do everything, so you wind up with people doing things that they're not gifted in just to fill a spot, you know. And it's sad. I mean, at least they're filling a spot. But there are many people who have worked with children's ministry that d- had no desire to work with kids. <laughs> you know, they didn't feel good about it. They didn't feel called to it, but they did it because there was a, a role. And I think, you know, again, back to the NBA thing, I, I think an amazing thing, when I, you know, when I play basketball, you want to play every minute. You know, people think, oh, they need a break. And, but I never wanted to sit down. I never wanted somebody to come in, you know. <laughs> right. And then when I sat on the bench, I was, you know, you're sitting there looking at things like, well, I could do better than that, you know. And, but I hear them say it constantly about, uh, you know, I'm a Golden State fan and, and uh, they have a great bench. And they talk about that very thing, that those guys know their role. And they're great basketball players, but they don't get to play the whole game. Mm-hmm. And and they just go over and they sit down. They don't go over to the coach and say, hey, coach, why would you take me out? Or can't you put me back in now? They all know where their minutes are. They know what their role is on the team. They're not the scorer. They're the defensive guy. You know, they're not the scorer. They're the rebounder or whatever it may be. So – uh, you know, knowing your place, uh, I think you're right. It is a, it is an important thing. And those guys, they each one knew where they were. And I think I, I talked about this in Sunday school the other day too, that, you know, just because you didn't get listed in that 30 doesn't mean you didn't have some powerful role mm-hmm. in David's right. ministry. Yep. And so, you know, we talk about things in the church that are, are seen, you know, the guy that gets to you know, I get to sit here and do a podcast. Uh, I get to teach a Sunday school class, you know, different things like that. Not everybody gets to do that. There are people mm-hmm. here working in the church today that are cleaning the church. Yep. And they are important to the whole body of Christ that I get to come to a clean church, <laughs> you know. But maybe their name wouldn't be mentioned in the 30, Yeah. you know. And, uh, and that's okay because you're not in the top does not mean the role that you have in the church is not an important role. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, uh, these guys all had their great things that they did. I don't know where we are on time. If you want to start in on the next chapter, or if we're about to let's close uh, it out here. let's conclude our thoughts here. I think that's okay. kind of a good place to land and to stop. We hope that yeah. you're enjoying verse by verse. We're encouraging. I'm encouraging you to go through the Bible to read the Bible this year. Dive into it. As always, there's yearly Bible, Bible reading plans, 
etc. But just get in the Word this year. I think the Word is such a great story. Uh, so many great stories. I, I'm going to talk about Joseph tomorrow in church. My wife actually talked about Joseph on Wednesday night, so I got to figure out how to bring something to the table so the youth aren't bored tomorrow because she went all on in Joseph. But man, such powerful stories. And the one thing I want to communicate tomorrow is that your life is a story, just as this is not a fictional book we're reading the Bible. These were real people that God was writing life stories in. And to think today that my life is a story being written right now by God. And I want everything, every dream that he has for me to come to pass. And uh, there's going to be, tomorrow I'm going to talk about, sometimes we have some Joseph moments. Sometimes we have some David moments. Yes. Uh, And I feel like I'm more of a David than a Joseph at yeah. times in my own life because I'm not perfect, but some people, maybe they're more Joseph than they are David. But anyway, no matter what God can use all those kind of people, you know, and that's the beauty of the kingdom. That's the beauty of all these genealogies and lists is that there's such a diverse group of people generation after generation that God continued to use, that God continued to do great exploits through. And maybe the Bible is not going to be We don't believe in progressive revelation. There's not going to be a Bible number two, but we are a part of the story and our story is being written and our genealogy is in the context of unfolding right now. And that's powerful. I think with, with media, like it is today too, uh, you know, we have a lot of, of course, a lot of it's fake news, but you know, your story can be told more now. And I think when, uh, you know, when Jesus said greater things, will you do? It wasn't that we were going to be greater than him. But we were going to have more access. Jesus didn't have an yeah. opportunity to sit down at a microphone and speak to millions of people at one time. Yep. And so, uh, you know, we do have, we all have a story. And, you know, there's some people that are almost, uh, they want to tell their story almost like they're proud of what they've done in the past, you know. And, you know, I used to take drugs or I used to be an alcoholic. And it's almost like they're bragging about how tough they were, or what they used to do. But, uh, you know, Stella's given her testimony a couple of times. And I think those testimonies, those stories need to be heard so that people know that somebody else has been through it. And, and the testimony is that they came out and they're living for the Lord. Yes. And that, that's the testimony of David with all of his problems, with all of his <laughs> sin, uh, with all of God's blessings on his life. Uh, he made some grave mistakes, but he always said, but I came, you know, I came out. The Lord delivered me from those things. That's the testimony. It's not the story. It's the testimony of what God did through that. And I hope that's the conclusion of all of our stories that we get to the end. It's like, okay, we had failures. We have successes. We had highs. We had lows. But at the end of it all. We're still following God. We're still following Jesus. Hey, we really appreciate you joining us on this episode. As always, like it, applause it, keep following us. We're going to have great episodes upcoming, but God bless you. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you next time.